This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 164, all about pain. Welcome to Building Resilience, a podcast where theory, practical strategies, and inspiring stories show you how to unlock your best life. I'm your host, Leah Davidson. As a certified life coach, speech language pathologist, and nervous system resilience expert, it is my mission to teach you how to be more resilient to life's adversities. I will show you how to manage your mind, befriend your nervous system, process your emotions, and even eliminate stress. It's time to do more than just survive. It's time to thrive. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast. Today, we are talking about pain. I have been meaning to do this podcast for a while, but before we get started, I just wanted to mention, I have loved hearing from everybody about last week's episode, The Power of Walking. I have really appreciated the messages, the DMs, the emails, people sharing with me what their walking routine is, how much they love walking, how it has helped them, where they love to walk. So I just want to say thank you for sharing that with me. And let's continue walking because it is so powerful. And I hope that I can be part of your walking journey, that you can be listening to this podcast while you go for your walks. Well, today we're going to talk about pain. I have been meaning to do this podcast for a while, like I said already. It is one of the things that we cover in the advanced training and nervous system resilience in level two. We do a section, a module, all about pain and chronic illness. Over the past couple of years, I've spent quite a bit of time studying and learning in this area. I am certified in pain reprocessing therapy. I've taken a few different courses and programs with some leaders in the field of pain. And of course, I have a great interest in this area, especially because how closely these things are tied to the nervous system. Personally, I have also experienced some challenges. I've shared before in the podcast, I suffered from irritable bowel syndrome, IBS, which was really quite debilitating for me in my 20s. And of course, I also work with people who have traumatic brain injuries and chronic pain is often a factor for them as well. So over the years, I also started expanding And I have some one-on-one clients that I have worked with with their pain and am still working with them today. So I'm not taking a lot of one-on-one clients at the moment or any at the moment, but I still do have some clients that I work with about pain. And incidentally, I am planning on opening up some more ways to work with me. So make sure that you are on my mailing list so you'll get notified of what I have coming up in the spring. I am super excited about it. I will start sharing more details as soon as things get more confirmed. So make sure that we are connected. Now, over the years, there has been a drastic increase in the amount of people suffering from chronic pain and illness. And so I do want to do a few different podcast episodes about this. It's such a big topic, so you can expect to hear more about it over the next few months. I'm going to be doing more episodes specifically about chronic pain and illness and different aspects of it. Now, to give you an idea of how big this issue is, the statistics show that in 2019, there was about 51 million people experiencing chronic pain just in the U.S. alone, and about 1.5 billion people globally. So there are a lot of people suffering. The leading symptoms include recurrent tension headaches, back pain, 
and neck pain. So today we're going to talk about some of the newest neuroscience around pain. We first want to define it and distinguish it from acute pain. Now, according to the International Association for the Study of Pain, chronic pain is defined as pain that has persisted beyond normal tissue healing, which in the absence of other factors generally is around three months, although we can stretch it to six months. So when it extends past that point, then it starts to be labeled as chronic pain. There are some fundamental things we first want to understand about pain in general, and we're going to talk about pain right now, but chronic illness with chronic symptoms is very closely related to chronic pain. If we look at the neuroscience of pain, pain actually involves the body and the brain. The brain gets signals from throughout the body and processes them. The body experiences the injury but the pain is created in your mind. Your mind creates the feeling of pain. Pain cannot be felt without the brain. So with the nervous system, there are three major components that create the cycle of pain. One, the nerves that send pain signals from the body to the brain. Two, the brain itself, where those nerve signals are interpreted. And three, the nerves that send signals back to the body. So pain is actually a danger signal. If you put your hand on a hot stove, the pain lets you know to move your hand so you don't injure yourself further. But what is happening is sensory receptors in the skin send messages via nerve fibers to the spinal cord where the sensations are registered. The message then goes on to the brain where they are perceived and it is interpreted. The nerve signals back to the body. So truly all pain is actually produced in the brain, but sometimes these danger signals get activated even in the absence of structural damage. And we call this kind of pain neuroplastic pain. Neuroplastic pain essentially is when the brain makes a mistake. The brain is misinterpreting safe signals from the body or safe sensations from the body as if they're dangerous. So it may feel like the pain is coming from your body, but it's actually coming from your brain. If the body experiences an injury or damage, then the brain can generate pain to protect it. But sometimes our system goes a bit wonky and it's like the pain switch gets stuck on and it causes chronic pain. So maybe the pain will persist after an injury has healed, or maybe the pain occurs for no specific reason that can be determined. And this is what we call neuroplastic pain. The body is actually okay, but the brain created the pain anyway. Now I want to be very, very, very clear. All pain is real, very real. I want to make sure there's no misunderstanding to what I'm saying. I am not saying, and the neuroscience is not saying, that some pain is real and other pain is made up. It is all very, very real. But over the years, there are a few things that they have learned about pain. Firstly, they've learned that physical pain is not always due to physical damage. You can have pain and your body is not damaged. We see this where people develop pain, but there's no injury or no concrete cause that can be identified. You can experience pain even in the absence of physical damage. And there are other chronic conditions that can fall in this category as well. So symptoms or pain are experienced, but either there's no root cause, 
or the symptoms and the pain persist past what you would expect. So past the expected healing time frame. So some examples of this kind of chronic condition that fall in this category are things like whiplash or headaches, stomach pain, joint pain, nerve pain, irritable bowel syndrome, repetitive strain injury. There's a whole list of these chronic conditions, which are often called mind-body conditions. Dr. Howard Schubiner, who is a pioneer and leader in chronic pain, he refers to them as mind-body syndrome, MBS. Now, these are conditions that occur in absence of structural challenges. Of course, you always want to make sure that you are being checked out by your doctor. Your doctor needs to rule out medical or physical disorders that respond to medical treatment, things like fractures and infections and heart disease and cancer and nerve damage, conditions that have a clear pathology. Now, if no pathology is found, then it is a possibility or likely, as Dr. Howard Schubiner says, that it is mind-body syndrome. Now, the second thing which can kind of complicate things a little bit is it's also true that you can have structural abnormalities and not experience pain. And some examples include the studies they've done on back pain. There was a study in the New England Journal of Medicine which found that 64% of people with no back pain actually have disc bulges and protrusions and herniations or disc degeneration. This is important to note because we think that these things cause pain all the time. But these structural challenges and changes are very normal as we continue to age. And they're often unrelated to pain. And this holds true even if you find these structural changes on MRI. So basically, you can have pain with seemingly no cause, and you can have no pain when there are structural challenges where you would expect pain. Okay, so how do you know what is what? That's a really good question. Firstly, I want to share that over the recent decades, more and more studies have been conducted to really help us understand the different aspects of pain. As they've done lots of fMRI studies, they have found a couple of fascinating things. The first thing they found is pain is complicated. It would be nice if we had a neat and tidy pain center in the brain. Instead, fMRIs have showed that we have a lot of areas of the brain involved in pain. In fact, they identified 44 areas. Half of the regions were involved in increasing pain and the other half for decreasing it. The second thing they found is that chronic pain is very different from acute pain or short-term pain. It acts differently, it responds differently, and it even involves different parts of the brain. With acute or short-term pain, it activates what we consider to be the normal pain regions in the brain. But what is fascinating is that when the pain becomes chronic, it shifts to parts of the brain associated with learning and memory. And that, to me, is crazy. But if we continue learning about pain, it actually makes sense. With acute pain, say the example of tripping and falling. Your foot hits the ground, the receptors in your ankle send a signal to your spinal cord, but actually you don't feel the pain yet. That signal travels up to your spinal cord into your brain, still no pain. But then the 44 pain parts of your brain start working, processing a signal. They then generate the feeling of pain and you feel it. So then you stop walking to protect your ankle 
So you have no further damage. The pain signal was a danger signal and it got you to stop, take action or to stop taking action. It gets you to do something to protect the body. Now, what happens with neuroplastic pain is the brain can be reading the signals even when there's no actual injury to the body. There's a very famous study that gets used all the time from the British Medical Journal, and it was published in 1995. And let me share with you some of that study. It described a man who jumped down onto a large nail that pierced the sole of his boot and came out through the top. Now, he'd been rushed to the hospital. He was in severe pain, and he was immediately given pain medications. Now, upon removing the nail and the boot, both the man and the doctor were shocked to find there actually was no injury at all. The nail had entered precisely between two toes. What happened was this man's brain had activated pain to protect him and to make sure he got help as soon as possible. But it was mistaken about the actual risk of injury because there was no injury. We can see here that not all pain is due to injury. The brain made a mistake. What can actually happen is a result of neuroplasticity. What happens is our brain creates pathways, and with enough repetition, the pathway can turn into a superhighway or become very, very automatic. There's a saying that neurons that wire together fire together. So essentially, the brain can learn pain if we practice it enough. If pain or symptoms happen enough over and over and over, the brain learns it. The brain gets too good at experiencing pain even after the injuries may have healed. So essentially, neuroplastic pain refers to how the brain and other parts of the nervous system develop or change in such a way that reinforces chronic pain and illness. It is pain and symptoms that have gotten stuck, and your brain has learned the pain and the symptoms. But just like there is a saying that neurons that fire together wire together, my son taught me that there's another saying, neurons that fire out of sync lose their length. So essentially, we need to help the brain change things up. So pain can be learned even after an injury has healed. But what about other symptoms? And what about symptoms that occur when there's, say, no direct injury or no structural damage, or we can't figure out why they appeared or where they came from? This is where our understanding of the nervous system comes in. Our nervous system is meant to be a flexible one. You've heard me talk about that over and over, hopefully. One that peaks and reacts with stress and then returns to baseline or homeostasis. So it goes up to team hyper and then returns to team resilience. Now, we know when we experience trauma or are chronically under stress, we can get stuck up in a dysregulated state. Our nervous system interprets everything as danger and we become on alert, we become more fearful, we become more critical, we put pressure on ourselves. We are in a constant state of alert. So not only can the power of believing something is wrong, as in the case of that construction worker who got the nail between the toes, this belief sparks fear, and fear can bring on pain. When we are in a constant, dysregulated state, 
it can cause wear and tear on our bodies. Being in this constant state of protection and dysregulation can actually change the way we perceive signals from our body. Remember, I've said that whatever zone your nervous system is in will taint everything you do. If you're stuck in team hyper, then everything will have this tinge of energy nuanced with danger. When we're in this constant state of alert, it can amplify things. It can actually create pain, amplify pain, and create symptoms. Now, many of us are stuck in these states due to unresolved trauma. Well, that trauma is still in our body, and often it will rear its ugly head by way of pain and illness. It's letting us know that we need to stop and pay attention. Now, overall, we know that neuroplastic pain can be brought on by multiple sources and fear and high alert can keep it running. The research has shown that neuroplastic pain can be initiated due to an injury, like we've talked about, although they say that this is the smallest percentage of people who have chronic pain, that it's due to some structural damage caused by an injury. But an injury can bring pain on, and even though healing has taken place, The fear of the pain can keep that pathway going strong and we end up learning the roots. And remember, fear is kind of a generic term that we're using. Really, it's anything that keeps the brain believing that there's danger. So frustration and despair, those are things that can keep you on high alert. Now, these symptoms and pain can also be brought on by a perceived injury, Like maybe you had a long car ride and you were cramped up or you turned or looked at something in a funny way. We can start feeling pain sometimes or develop symptoms when there's a stressful situation happening in your life, good or bad, a divorce, a wedding, losing a job, having a baby. I notice this often, actually. I had an accident a few years ago where I suffered some whiplash and a minor concussion. Well, it took me a little while to recover, But guess what flares up when I am stressed? I start to get neck pain and upper back pain, exactly where I had the pain immediately following my injury. And then it can also be gradual. Maybe something started with a trauma from the past. Maybe it was exposure to being raised in a high alert environment. Maybe it's as a result of our past experiences, these past imprints that we can develop traits that keep us on high alert. And we also know that certain personality traits are more prone to chronic illness and chronic pain. Now that is another podcast episode altogether. Today, I just wanted to start with some basic education around pain. Just sort of pique your curiosity and interest. In the following months, I'm gonna be diving into more about pain. And of course, we talk all about it in the advanced training. And I welcome you to make sure that you're on the waiting list if you're interested in that training. And in the upcoming months, I'm also going to be inviting you to join me for even more learning. So let's make sure that we are connected. I hope that you learned a little bit more about pain. I hope you're interested in learning more and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching. You can also subscribe to my weekly newsletter at www.leahdavidsonlifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Looking forward to connecting.